It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. You're listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm your host. You can find Locked On Yankees on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. We will be previewing the Yankees series against the Mets this weekend. They are scheduled to play five games, two doubleheaders, Friday and Sunday, and a single game on Saturday. We'll see if things go as planned. I will also be looking back at a game from 15 years ago today. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on Yankees. Let's start off this episode the way you expect me to start it off. You thought I was going to start this off with the news of Aaron Judge going to the IL again, but no. This time, it's Gio Urshela, who has a bone spur in his elbow, but he's listed as day-to-day, for now. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Can we go one day? Just one day is all I'm asking for. To not hear about an injury. I don't think I'm asking for much, but apparently I might be. So because of the bone spur... In Urshela's elbow, the Yankees brought up shortstop Jordy Mercer and released Luis Avalon. But the Yankees are hoping that they can sign Avalon again at some point. But right now, there's a roster crunch. So as I already said, Aaron Judge is going back on the IL for a low-grade calf strain. (sighs) Yeah, I think that sums it up. The Yankees are playing a doubleheader against the Mets. They voted... To play today, they had an hour-long meeting, according to Aaron Boone. So that leaves the Yankees and the Braves as the only teams who didn't sit out a game this week. That's all I'll say about that. So, first game of the doubleheader, 4.05 at Yankee Stadium. Michael Waka for the Mets, Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees. Waka is coming off the injured list. He went there... He was put on the injured list August 8th due to right shoulder inflammation. In his final two starts before landing on the IL, Waka allowed Waka allowed nine runs in nine innings. As for Montgomery, he's coming off a rain-shortened 
three and two-third inning effort against the Red Sox, like three weeks ago, so it seems. He pitched well against the Mets in a summer camp exhibition, throwing five scoreless innings way back on July 19th. Guys, how am I supposed to preview a series if you don't have any starters listed for most of the games? There's nothing listed for tonight's game. And tonight's game, the Mets will be the home team in Yankee Stadium. Then on Saturday, the Yankees will be the home team in the single game. Jay Happ is pitching for the Yankees. We don't know who's pitching for the Mets. In the doubleheader on Sunday, the Yankees are the home team in the 105 game, and the Mets are the home team in the game to follow. Why won't these teams think of me? I'm trying to do a podcast here, and I can't preview a series if I don't know who's pitching. In case you didn't know, thanks to the Yankees' five-game losing streak, they're now two and a half games behind Tampa. Now, Tampa is 21-11, and and the Yankees are 16-11, and so they've played five more games than the Yankees. Toronto's 15 and 14, the Orioles are 14 and 16, and the Red Sox are 10 and 21. It was announced earlier that there will be playoff bubbles, and for the National League, they will be in Houston and Arlington, and for the American League, they'll be in Los Angeles and San Diego. Okay, here are my thoughts. One, why are the National League teams in American League places? And two, why on earth would you pick a playoff bubble place like Houston during hurricane season? Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Think, McFly. Think. I know people are going to say, but those places are indoors. Yes, I know they're indoors, but they can't play baseball during a hurricane. By the way, I'd like to apologize for the humming noise in the background, but my neighbor's lawn company showed up because I never know when they're showing up. It's always at random, and I love talking about this stuff with my fellow Locked On podcast hosts, especially the baseball hosts. We have a DM on Twitter and where we complain about things and discuss things and set up crossover episodes and all that jazz. But we're always joking about the kind of thing that either interrupts us or causes noise in the background. Some people talk about their family members walking in while they're recording. Mine is always a lawn company in the background. So again, I apologize. The trade deadline is Monday, and will the Yankees get anyone? I'm assuming they will. I think they will probably get a pitcher. I think they should just to be on the safe side. I'm not sure exactly who's available. I know people were playing around with the idea of the Yankees trading for Mike Clevenger. I don't think Clevenger would come to the Yankees. The Yankees would make him chop off his hair. And does he have facial hair? If he has facial hair, they'll make him cut it off. And he definitely will not want to do that. Clevenger's hair is at least two to three inches below his shoulders. As promised, I said I was going to be discussing a game from 15 years ago today, but before we do that, let's talk about rockauto.com. If you have a car, you should go to rockauto.com because rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com New game day shirt? Boom. Cashback. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cashback. Even buying around can earn you cashback when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cashback on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. So 15 years ago today was a regularly scheduled Sunday game in my Sunday plan, and obviously I was heading to Yankee Stadium to see my Yankees take on the Kansas City Royals. Your starters that day, Al Leiter and Zach Granke. Granke was a mere 21 years old when he made this start. So let's go through the lineups and the umps and all that jazz. For the Royals, David DeJesus, Chip Ombrace, Mike Sweeney, Emil Brown, Terrence Long, Angel Barroa, John Buck, Danny Hocking, Joe McEwing. I saw Angel Barroa in an independent league game a few years back, and it was really funny because as we sat there listening to the lineups and we heard his name, we said, wait, did they just say Angel Barroa? The Yankees lineup, Derek Jeter, Hideki Matsui, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, Jason Giambi, Bernie Williams, Matt Lawton, Jorge Posada, Robinson Cano. Your umps that day, home plate Mike DeMuro, first base Brian Gorman, second base Mark Carlson, third base Joe West. Start time weather, 83 degrees, the wind was 17 miles an hour right to left. And the attendance was 54,951. As I said, I was one of those people. And I don't remember it being that windy that day, but I do remember it being kind of hot. I'm one of those people who thinks anything over 80 is hot. Leiter began the game giving up a single to DeJesus, but he got the next three guys out, so the Royals left him on base. In the bottom of the first... Derek Jeter lined out to second, Matsui walked, Sheffield hit a single that advanced Matsui to second, A-Rod hit a fly ball to left that didn't advance Matsui to third, but Jason Giambi walked in his first at-bat to load the bases, Bernie Williams hit a single that scored Matsui in Sheffield to make it 2-0, and then Matt Lawton, I can't even remember him being on the Yankees, hit a fly ball to deep center field to end the inning. Granke and Leiter exchanged back-to-back one, two, three innings. Then in the top of the third, Denny Hawking walked. Joe McEwing hit a double. Hawking made it to third. David DeJesus hit a ground out unassisted to first base, which allowed Hawking to score and McEwing to get to third. Chip Ambrose walked. Mike Sweeney walked. Then Emil Brown hit a foul pot fly behind home plate for out number two. Terrence Long hit a ground out to second. And the Royals only scored one run. In the bottom of the third, Hideki Matsui grounded out to second. 
Sheffield and A-Rod hit back-to-back singles, then Jason Giambi hit a home run, put the Yankees up 5-1. Bernie Williams and Matt Lawton grounded out to second to end the inning. In the bottom of the fifth, after A-Rod hit a single, Jason Giambi hit his second home run of the day, put the Yankees up 7-1. In the bottom of the sixth, Derek Jeter led things off with a single, Matsui hit a double, Jeter got to third, Sheffield hit a pop fly to the catcher behind home plate. They intentionally walked Alex Rodriguez to face Jason Giambi. At this point, Jeremy Affelt was pitching, and maybe it was a matchup thing, but Giambi had a walk and two home runs coming into this at bat. So why on earth would you pitch to him? And on the eighth pitch he saw from Affelt, he hit a single that scored Jeter and Matsui to put the Yankees up 9-1. Bernie Williams hit a single to score A-Rod put the Yankees up 10-1. Matt Lawton hit a fly ball to left. Posada hit a fly ball to center. At that point, the game was 10-1 Yankees, but it was 7-1 Giambi. In the top of the eighth, Tanyan Sturtz was still in the game. He came in to replace Leiter in the top of the seventh. He walked Ambrace and then gave up a home run to Mike Sweeney to make it 10-3. That's how the game would end. So Jason Giambi finished the game with seven runs batted in, two home runs, an RBI single, and a walk. I have told this story before on this podcast, but if you're a new listener, it's new to you. This was my birthday weekend. My birthday is August 26th, and on August 26th, we saw the Yankees beat the Royals on that Friday night. It was me and my best friend. Bernie Williams was her favorite player, and he had a big night for her on our actual birthday. Then I went for my regularly scheduled Sunday afternoon game, because that was my package when I was a Yankee season ticket holder. And my favorite player, Jason Giambi, had a big day on the Sunday. So I always considered it a birthday present. And even funnier, as we were heading into the stadium, it was me, my friend Kyle, and his now wife, Jen. And as we were going up the Gate 6 escalators, Jen says, I'm feeling Giambi mojo today. And she was right. Okay, so here are the official moves that the Yankees made prior to Game 1 of the doubleheader. They placed Aaron Judge on the 10-day IL retro to 8:27, so yesterday would be the first day. Released Luis Avalon, signed Jordy Mercer to a major league contract, selected him to the active roster. They appointed Estevan Florial as their 29th man for the doubleheader. So as I do every day, I went to Pinstripe Alley just to see what happened on this day. And they did not focus on the Giambi game. How dare you? It's a 15th anniversary. Anyway, apparently 12 years ago today, Giambi had a pretty big game as well. This time against the Red Sox, which is always fun. So it was a Thursday day game on August 28th, 2008. There were 55,092 people in attendance. Your starters for the game, John Lester and Mike Mussina. Here are your lineups for the Red Sox, Jacoby Ellsbury, Dustin Pedroia, David Ortiz, Kevin Euclid, Jason Bay, Mark Kotze, Jed Lowry, Alex Cora, Jason Veritek. For the Yankees, Johnny Damon, Derek Jeter, Bobby Abreu, Alex Rodriguez, Xavier Nady. Wow, yeah. Robinson Cano, Hideki Matsui, Cody Ransom, Jose Molina. So... Giambi had a big day as a pinch hitter. Your umps for the game. At home plate, Gary Cedarstrom, first base, Fielding Colbreth, second base, Jim Reynolds, third base, Tim Timmons. So we're just going to see 
what Giambi did because he was my favorite player and this was his last year as a Yankee and I loved him. Oh, this is awesome. Okay. In the bottom of the seventh, with the Yankees trailing 2-0, Robinson Cano hit a pop fly to short. Hideki Matsui struck out looking. Then Cody Ransom hit a double. Hideki Okajima came in to replace John Lester. Jason Giambi came in to pinch hit for Jose Molina. And on the second pitch he saw from Okajima, he hit a home run to deep left center field. Two-run home run, which tied the game. Then Johnny Damon struck out looking to end the inning. In the bottom of the ninth, Xavier Nady hit a single off Justin Masterson. Then Brett Gardner was pinch running for Nady. Robinson Cano lined out to third. While Hideki Matsui was up, Gardner stole second. Then they intentionally walked Matsui. Then they ended up walking Ivan Rodriguez. Remember when he was on the Yankees? Then Jonathan Papelbon came in to replace Justin Masterson, who had replaced Okajima in the bottom of the eighth. And on the third pitch he saw from Papelbon, Jason Giambi hit the game-winning single to score Brett Gardner. The Yankees win 3-2. Apparently that was the Red Sox last game at Old Yankee Stadium. Once again, a reminder that there are five games this weekend, two today, one tomorrow, two Sunday. It's a busy weekend for the Yankees, and hopefully they will get back on track. And the hope is I will have positive things to discuss on Monday's show. But for now, that's it for Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB Prospects. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans or even your fellow baseball fans. We would greatly appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you all on Monday. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.